we're going to continue with our walk through the book of Ephesians. And this has been a great study for us, I think. And I think it's, it's just great to take some time and, and really walk through these books and pick out what are the lessons that we can learn from each of these passages of Scripture. Because we know that all Scripture is what? Glenn, what's all Scripture? And good for? Thank you, Glenn. If it's in the Bible, it's there for a reason. If it's in the Bible, it's something that we need to know and that we need to learn from. And it's not just enough to read the Bible, right? Sometimes we read the Bible just to check the box, right? Okay, did my Bible reading for today. And that's important. But what's equally as important is, are we taking the time to really understand the context of what we're learning? Are we taking the time to understand who wrote this? Who did they write it to? And what was the author's intended message? And then, of course, there's the application purpose, right? So now how do we take something that was written 2,000 years ago and apply it to today? What can we learn today? And this is going to be another one of those lessons that you guys are going to go, wow, this is really applicable to today. But when we think about where Scripture comes from, it's really not all that crazy. So as we dig into Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to pick up at verse 17 today. Here's the big question. Are you putting on Christ every day. I want you to think about that. Are you, we've been talking a lot through Ephesians about what it means to be in Christ, right? And we put on Christ in baptism, but are you making that active choice each and every single day to put on and to walk with our Lord and Savior? And the big idea is that we got to put our old lives behind us if we hope to truly be a Christ follower. Now, just to, just to give you a little bit of backstory, what have we been talking about through Ephesians is we've been talking about this idea of uniting, right, the Jews and the Gentiles, and he's specifically talking to the Gentiles about how they have to leave their old ways behind them. Now, we have to do that same thing, right? When we, when we devote our lives to Christ, when we say, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you for the rest of my days, and we're baptized for the remission of our sins, we're saying, look, i got to put away all of those things from my past, now, there's a great blessing that comes with that, right? Because when you put away all those things of your past, you get the hope of a future in heaven with our Lord and Savior. But we have to do our part. Because, see, we get a lot of promises in the Bible, right? We're promised salvation. We're promised certain things. But there's always things we have to do to get that. So we can't forget that part. See, see, we're a me, me, me society. What do I get? What do I get? What do I get? Well, there's things that we have to do. If you don't go to work, you don't expect your employer to still give you a paycheck. Maybe in some cases. But for the most part, if you don't go to work, you don't get paid, right? If you don't do your chores, you don't get your allowance. That's just the way it works. It's the same thing in Scripture. We have some amazing promises, but there's some things that we have to do to do our part because it is a partnership. Costumes. I know, some of you are laughing, right? Costumes. What, why is he talking about costumes? But I want you to think just for a moment, and these are just some very common costumes, right, that you may see either at VBS. Remember, VBS is coming up, don't forget, in June. Or Halloween. But what happens when you put on a costume? You know, we did, a, we did the pirate ship, right, for Trunk or Treat this year. We broke out the 16-foot pirate ship that we used at VBS, and my family and I, we dressed up as pirates. And what happens when you get dressed up like a pirate? You act like a pirate, 
and you start to talk like a pirate, and you say things like, "Our mateys, things you wouldn't normally say. If you walked up on a Sunday morning and I greeted you with, "Our matey, you'd be like, he's lost it, right? But if I'm in a pirate costume, you'd go, oh, that makes sense. Or what about if you're dressed like a cowboy? You might start tipping your hat and saying things like, howdy, ma'am, howdy, sir, how y'all doing? Now, I say y'all a lot, so don't make fun of me. But when you're dressed like a cowboy, you, you start talking like a cowboy. Maybe you start walking a little bow-legged, right? When you put on a cowboy costume, you take on that persona of a cowboy. And the last one, of course, is a doctor. Same thing, right? When you're dressed as a doctor, you start trying to give medical advice, right? You say things like stat. I need you to do this stat. Things you wouldn't normally say. But my point is, when we're dressed in a certain way, we tend to take on that persona. Now, maybe you're a football player. We have some, some football players and some former football players in our, in our audience this morning. What happens when you put that uniform on? You become somebody different, right? You, you do things that maybe you wouldn't normally do in your normal day-to-day -day life, but things in sports, for example, are considered acceptable. But you take on that persona. And what we're going to get to here in just a few minutes is when we put on Christ every day, we should be saying and doing things in a certain manner. We should be acting in a certain manner that fits that outfit, that fits that persona that we're putting on. So let's jump in. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 17. It says, So I tell you this, and insist, insist on it in the Lord. Notice he doesn't say, if you want to, if you want to think about it, if you want to consider it. No, he says, insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. So see, this is what we just talked about, about when we get baptized, when we give our lives to Christ, right? We say goodbye to our old self. We put all those old things behind us. And here he's reminding us that that's exactly what we're expected to do. Verse 18 says, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. They're separated from God because of their ignorance and the hardening of their hearts. Now again, context, time and place. What are we talking about here? In this time, knowledge was everything. And these people knew a lot of things. They could say the right things. But like we talked about a few weeks ago, sometimes the longest distance is from your head to your heart. And that's what he was saying. He's saying, look, you knew all the right things to say, but you weren't doing it. You weren't living it. See, as Christians, it's not enough just to know, right, what the Bible says if you're not living it out in your everyday life. See, it's a process. You have to know it. You know it by reading it, you know it by studying it, and then you have to live it. But it takes both sides of the coin, right? doesn't do you much good if you do one or the other. If I can stand out here and spout all the scriptures to you in the world, and I walk out that door, and I don't live it out in my daily life, what are you going to call me? You say he's a hypocrite. He stands up there and tells us to do one thing, and he goes out there and does something different. See, that's all what putting on Christ is all about. It's not just lip service. We don't just say, yeah, I know that, or you shouldn't do that, but I'm going to do it. See, that's where 
we get ourselves in trouble. And that's where, to non-Christians, we lose all of our credibility. When we say one thing and we do another. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality, as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Think about those three things real quick. Sound familiar to anybody? Look around the world that we live in today. We still see these exact same things going on. These exact same things that Paul is warning them to stay away from are the same things that are happening in our society. They're the same things that are happening in our communities, and sometimes they're the same things that are happening in our homes today. So this message wasn't just to these people in this time and place. Yes, that's what the letter was written for, but the application is still here today because these things still take place, and we still have to move away from them. It says, this, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ and you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. See, he's reminding them, look, don't fall back into those old ways. You know better. You've been taught. And sometimes that's us. We know better. We know to stay away from certain things. We know there's certain things that we can't get wrapped up in, but what happens sometimes? We get wrapped up in those things anyway. Now, that is the beauty of being a Christian, though, right? Because when we do make those mistakes, not choosing to live that lifestyle, but when we do make those mistakes, see, we have forgiveness. We have forgiveness because Jesus came to this earth, and he walked as a man, and he died on the cross for you and me. But that doesn't mean we don't still keep that in the front of our mind, that we've got to try to stay away from those things. We're not perfect people, and we're going to make mistakes. But the difference is, is we've got to be aware of that. And we've got to remember the things that were taught in Christ Jesus. Let's keep reading. It says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. See, God knew. See, God gave us free will. Because God didn't want a bunch of robots, right, just walking the earth and praising God 24-7. He wanted people to do it out of their hearts and out of their love for him. But unfortunately, what happens when we're left to our own desires? It doesn't usually work out so well for us. When we lose that focus on Jesus and we forget to put on Christ every day, what happens? We make really bad decisions and we go down the wrong path. And that's why we have to spend time in the word and that's why we have to spend time in prayer and that's why we have to work on being in Christ. Because if we'll do that, then we can put away all of those other things. It says to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So every day you make a decision when you get up in the morning, right? Hopefully you get up and you brush your teeth and you, you take a shower and you have to get dressed. You have to get dressed, right? And you have to choose what you're going to wear. Now my wife and I, we like to get up, we like to the night before kind of lay out our clothes, right? Kind of think about what we're going to wear the next morning because I'm just going to be honest with you, we're not morning people. So the less decisions I have to make in the morning, the better. 
So I like to lay all my stuff out the night before, and that way it's just, it's a no-brainer in the mornings, because until I've had my caffeine, it's just not pretty. But my point is this, we think about it. We think about it ahead of time. What am I going to wear tomorrow? Am I going to wear a button-up shirt? Am I going to wear a t-shirt? Am I going to wear dress shoes, tennis shoes, jeans, slacks? What am I going to wear tomorrow? See, when you get up every morning, you have to make a decision to put on Christ. You have to make a decision to put on Christ. And sometimes if we wait till the last minute to make that decision, we make the wrong decision. But when we think about it ahead of time, when we plan on it ahead of time, when we pray about it ahead of time, we can make the right decision. Are you praying every night that tomorrow when you wake up, you'll be an even better Christ follower than you were today? Are you praying every night and every morning, God, please give me the strength to do your will and not mine today? Because see, when you plan ahead, you can be successful. And when you don't, you can fail. And that is so important. One of the things I like to do on Sunday mornings is I like to get here kind of early in the morning, and as I'm, as I'm kind of walking around, turning on lights and unlocking doors, I like to pray over our campus. I like to pray for the safety of our campus. I like to pray for all of you folks that are going to be joining us. I like to pray that we'll be able to touch hearts and touch minds, and that we'll be able to facilitate relationships with Jesus Christ. But see, it's all about prayerful planning. And each day when you get up, you have to choose to be a Christ follower. And you have to choose to put on that uniform, like we talked about earlier, or that costume, right, of being a Christ follower. And it goes so much better when you plan ahead and when you pray ahead. It goes so much better when you're prepared. Because it's tough in the mornings to make those decisions. But just like when you dress like a cowboy... Or just like when you dress like a pirate, when you wake up with that attitude of, I'm going to put on Christ today, then hopefully you're going to act as such. And how do you do that? You do that through prayer. You do that through study. You do that through meditation. And you do it through choice. Because you make that choice every day. Just like you choose what clothes you're going to wear, you choose to be a Christ follower each and every day when you wake up. And you're going to act accordingly. You're going to speak kindly to others. You're going to love others. And in just a minute, we're going to see a whole list of things that Paul tells us we should stop doing and a whole list of things that he tells us we should start. (coughs) Excuse me. And a whole list of things that we should start doing. So let's pick up verse 25. It says, therefore, each of you must put off. Here we go with some things we need to put off. Put off falsehood, but speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. We talked a lot about this a couple weeks ago, about speaking the truth, speaking the truth in love, and that's exactly what he's reminding us of. It says, in your anger, do not sin. It says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. It's talking about anger. 
Because, see, when we get up in the morning and we, we choose to put on Christ, we're making an active decision that we're not going to let our anger get in the way. Because we know what happens when we get angry, right? Where are my Star Wars fans at? Anger leads to the dark side, right? Anger leads us down a path that we don't want to go to. See, there's actually a lot of biblical parallels between Star Wars and the Bible, if you look for it. I actually read a whole study on that one time. It's actually kind of cool. But, but this is one of those principles, is anger, right, gives the devil a foothold. And the idea in Star Wars, right, is when, when, they get, when Luke gets angry, right, he wants him to channel that anger because he knows that that anger is going to make him make bad decisions and go down the wrong path. And in the case of the movie, of course, it leads to the dark side. And I think it'd be safe to say that for us, too, the light versus the dark side, right? If you let your anger take over, then what happens? You open the door. It says, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. Well, you say, that one's pretty easy, right? What are we putting off? We're putting off stealing. We're putting on not stealing. It says, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. So see, he takes it one step further. Not just that you shouldn't steal, but you should be useful, and you should be useful to others, and that you should be helping others. And that goes back into the service thing we've been talking about, right? Our hands and feet ministry makes dresses for little orphan girls in Africa. It's being useful with your hands and giving to others who are in need. And that's exactly what he's reminding us about, because that's not what the Gentiles were doing with their time and their talents. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. We talk a lot about talk, right? We talked about this last week that, you know, there's some talk that has become acceptable in our society these days that even just when I was a kid, which I know to some of you is a very long time ago, would have never been acceptable. You'd got your mouth washed out for talking like that. You'd have literally got a bar of soap in your mouth. Don't ask me how I know that. But this unwholesome talk, and you hear it, and I hear it. You go to restaurants and you hear it. And unfortunately, these days, you hear it from kids about this tall, too, right? Unwholesome talk. And see, when we put on Christ, when we make that decision in the morning, right, to put on our Christ costume, so to speak, then what we do is we say, look, I'm not, I'm not going to talk like that because I don't want to be looked at in that way. I don't want to put Jesus in a negative light. But instead, what does he tell us to do? Instead of talking nonsense, instead of using language we shouldn't be using, instead of tearing each other down, instead of gossiping about one another, we should be building one another up. Now, one of the undertones of Ephesians that I hope you've picked up on by now is this idea of unity. And how can we be unified if we're talking bad about each other? And again, I'm not saying you've got to be best friends with everyone, right? That's not what we're talking about. But we don't tear each other down. We build each other up. Because, see, this should be our safe place, right? This is the place we can come and be truly loved, that we can be built up, that we can be equipped to go out there and do the work of Jesus. And that's exactly what he's reminding us of once again. Verse 30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. 
See, we've got to channel the Spirit. We've got to channel the Spirit. Because we've been sealed. And if you remember back when we first started our Ephesians study, we talked about what it means to be sealed. It's just like the stamp, right? You are sealed by God. When you give your life to Christ, when you're baptized for the remission of your sins, when you're doing the best you can to follow him in everything that you say and do, you're sealed. You're sealed. You have that hope that we find only in Jesus. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. There's anger again, right? What do we talk about when he says things multiple times? means probably important. Probably going to be on the test, right? Anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ did for you. Just a few moments ago, Landon read that exact same line in the book of Colossians. Forgive each other just as Christ has forgiven you. The Bible talks a lot about forgiveness. Why do you think that is? Why do you think the Bible spends so much time talking about the importance of forgiveness? Because he knows we're going to mess up. And because he knows that we're going to be in positions where we have to forgive one another. And sometimes you say, well, that person doesn't, forget, doesn't deserve my forgiveness. Well, guess what? We don't deserve Jesus' forgiveness, but he gives it to us anyway. And thank goodness that he does, right? Because could you imagine going through this life and being held accountable for every mistake you've ever made? Boy, that'd be a long meeting, right? We see these visions of like St. Peter at the gate, and then, then Jesus comes along, and he's going to sit down and go through your life with you. Could you imagine if you had to answer for every single mistake you've ever made? I was joking about the St. Peter thing, by the way. Don't, don't send me angry emails. But could you imagine if you had to answer for every single thing you've ever done? Boy, that'd be a long meeting, wouldn't it? That'd be a really long meeting. But see, we don't have to do that because Christ forgives us. But see, we got to take that, right, and forgive others. Because how can you expect your Lord and Savior to forgive you if you don't forgive your neighbor? And see, that's part of being in Christ. See, that's, that's part of what sets us apart, right? Is because we know what Jesus does for us, we treat others in that same manner. And if we don't, we can't expect the same. Here's, the, here's your list. You're welcome to take out your cell phones, take a picture of the list. We're not going to go through this entire list. But, but this, is, this is all of the things that we just read. The things that we're to take off, call that your, your dirty, your tattered, your, your holy, meaning it has holes, not meaning holy in God. But, but what do you do with your old clothes, right? You get rid of them. When your socks get holes in them, hopefully you get rid of them. When your clothes fall apart, what do you do? You get rid of them. They're the old, and you put on the new. Now, we've talked a lot today about putting on clothes and putting on costumes, but, but, but we know that that's not really what happens, right, when we put on Christ. It's not just a costume, because a costume kind of implies, right, that you just take it off and on whenever you want, and we know that that's not the way it works with Jesus, but it's that visual that I want you to have of every day you wake up and say, I'm going to do the best I can today to follow Jesus Christ. 
I'm going to clothe myself in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to put on Christ each and every single day. See, together, we can change the world. I want you to think just for a moment. You see that list that we just read of all those things that that we're going to get rid of out of our lives versus all of the things that we're going to take on in our lives. Let's just think about if every single one of us would do that. If every single one of us, and I'm going to go back, if every single one of us got rid of those things on the takeoff list and put on all of those things on the put-on list, how much stronger a church could we be? How much stronger a community could we be? Now let's say you introduce two or three other folks to Christ and they take these things off and put these things on. And then they take it to two or three other folks and they take it to three or five other folks. You get where I'm going with this. It's like compound interest, right? It just keeps going. But we can truly make a difference in this world if we'll simply put on Christ if we'll simply clothe ourselves in these things that Paul is reminding us that we need to be doing, we can change not only ourselves, but our church and our community and even our own households for the better. You can truly make a difference. And sometimes we feel overwhelmed and we say, you know what, me changing isn't really going to make a difference. But it can make a huge difference because you make an impact on everybody that you encounter. And when you're clothed in Christ and you're setting that example, you can make a difference. I want to leave you with a couple more verses just to think about today. Matthew chapter 15, verse 19 says, For out of our heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. See, it's a heart problem. And that's exactly what Paul is trying to tell them. When he says you've got to put your old self behind and put on a new self, Because it's a heart problem. Because they knew, right, in their heads, they knew the right things. And sometimes we know the right things. But it's got to get to our hearts. And it's got to change our hearts. Let's jump to the Old Testament real quick. Ezekiel, chapter 36. I'm going to read a couple of verses for you as we wrap up. It says, I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stone I'll remove you from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. It says, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. See, when you invite Christ into your life, he'll give you a new heart. And he'll give you a new spirit. And like he says, he'll move you to follow him. But again, we've got to do our part, right? Which is we've got to give our lives to Christ. So here's the things I want you to remember. Put on Christ daily. Just like every morning when you go to your closet or your wardrobe and, and you get dressed and, and you look in the mirror, what are you seeing when you look in the mirror? Are you seeing a sharp-dressed man or woman? Or are you seeing somebody who is truly putting on Christ and all that they say and do? Live into that new identity. Put that old self behind. Don't let that define who you are because it doesn't have to define you anymore. One of the saddest things I hear people say is, I just, I've, I've made too many mistakes, I've done too many things, I just can't follow Christ. Well, you can, and I'm here to tell you today, you can. 
Live into the new identity and see yourself the way that God sees you, as a child of God, not as a sinner, not as a broken person, but as a perfect child of God. See yourself the way that God sees you. A new self comes from a new heart, which leads to new thinking and new behavior. That's kind of in a nutshell what we just read. Got to put on Christ every day, and if you'll do that, he'll lead you to new thinking and new behaviors, and he'll help you be closer and closer to God each and every day. Maybe you've never had a chance to put on Christ. Maybe you've never made that important decision, the most important decision you can make to be baptized for the remission of your sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have an opportunity to do that here today. Or maybe you've simply struggled because you've been a Christian for a long time and you know all the right things in your head, but you're having a hard time getting it to your heart and making those changes that you need to make. In just a moment, Micaiah is going to come up and he's going to lead us in the song of invitation. I'm going to ask our elders to come back down front. And if we can help you with that, if we can talk to you, if we can pray with you, we would love to do that. We want to invite you to do so as we stand together and as we sing. My God is awesome, he can